And now we're going to talk about some of the most iconic programs from 2000 and beyond. Yeah, and like, so we each picked one program from each discipline, which meant a lot of our faves got cut, but for the interest of time, like we know that we didn't get everyone's favorite programs on this list and, you know, we're sorry in advance, but you know, we had to, we had to limit it. Iconic is a pretty loaded term, so it's, it's more, because you know, obviously, everyone has figure skating is subjective so our, our our favorite programs might not be yours and you know that's perfectly fine because you know everyone has their own opinion all right so the first program that i picked for the ladies or I shouldn't say the first program that i picked for the ladies i picked one program for the ladies was um michelle kwan's tasca specifically the performance at the 2004 nationals so good it was one of her very best performances ever which is really saying something coming from her um it has my favorite step sequence from her and i'm a big step sequence lover so you know for me that's Mm -hmm. like super important and it's one of her her best it's straight line she kind of does a running thing that's not very technical but deal with it i love it i love running i love running step sequences we don't get much of those anymore it's not rewarded under the, the current judging system which is a shame because it's an iconic moment and she just leaves her whole heart out there as, you know, it, it's one of her greatest moments. And she's just an iconic skater for me. She's the best spirals I've ever seen. I will not debate on that. She's the queen of spirals. The end. Goodbye. Um, I love I love her face at the very end of that program. Like, it's just like, yeah, I did that. Yeah, she and she's fierce. She knew. She knew yeah. she just did that. Also. I mean, she's the goat for a reason. Mm-hmm. At least the goal. Also, like she has, you know, five-time world champion. Wow. Five-time world championship. Wow. She did not finish off the podium for from 1994 to 2005. I want to say something like that. She's a powerhouse. She's a powerhouse. It's, it's fantastic. Unbelievable. She's amazing. Please, if you're a newer fan and aren't familiar with her, I please watch some of her performances. Please, just do it for me. If you're yep. a new fan to figure skating, Mich- you know, she, Michelle, she's definitely one of those people who you need mm-hmm. to watch because she's so iconic in the sport for yep. women's. She's like universally beloved, I feel. Yeah, definitely. You definitely. know, if you don't like her, I don't like you. Yeah, that's some really bad taste. <laughs> you don't like Michelle. No Kwan. shade. No shade. And imagine. <laughs> I'll block you. You're, you're, goodbye. Goodbye. You're not my friend anymore. Um, my program for the ladies was Unikim's 2010 uh, Olympic free skate, Gershwin Rhapsody and F. Oh man, I have so many favorite Uni programs. Like I was picking between this one and also Dance Macabre, but then I ended up picking Gershwin just because I just think that this particular piece of music, it's just so incredibly abstract, which I think makes it so much harder to interpret. And yet I love it so much. I'm usually not such a huge fan of really, really abstract music, but Yuna skating to it, it like just highlights her musicality and her incredible interpretation skills so well. Like she just sells every moment and she just looks like she's freestyling through some of it. And you know, on top of doing some of the most difficult elements like the Ida Bauer into like the double axle, it, it's just amazing. 
it just really, and then considering the circumstances of that moment, you know, we talk about iconic programs in terms of like the program itself, but also in terms of like the circumstances, like why are they so well known through history? You know, maybe it's at the Olympics. It was like an Olympic moment. Like this was an Olympic moment for sure. You know, she was under One of so the best Olympic performances ever. I, yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's what Sandra Bezik said too, you know? It was, it, it genuinely was. It's one of the most memorable for me. She had so much pressure on her. She was the unanimous favorite going in. She had her entire country watching her and she just delivered on the best possible. Oh, what a way to deliver. What right. a way to deliver. Yeah, I always thought that Yuna was like the definition of how technique lends itself to artistry. Like she had perfect jumps, gorgeous spins, and Textbook jumps. Textbook, yeah. Her opening triple Lutz tri oh my. The height on her jumps is just phenomenal. She doesn't hesitate. It's, yeah. she, it's incredible. She really doesn't. That's another thing that I love about Yuna is that how seamless her skating is. Like you'll see, you know, it, it doesn't seem like this is choreographed. It just seems like she just got on the ice and it was just exactly. off the top of her head. And she's just going. Interpretation through the roof. It feels like she's painting on a blank canvas is the way mm -hmm. I, I view that program. I totally agree with that metaphor just because like the abstract nature of the music and then the way that she moves across the ice, you know. And to see her face at the end, like Yuna was always a pretty stoic competitor. You know, back in like the yeah, you but knew her that face was a at the big end. Big moment, yeah. Yeah, like just watching her finally break down was it's indescribable. Yeah. Still, still the benchmark to me for a 150 plus. Absolutely, like yeah, the scoring system has changed since then, but it holds up. It holds up. It held. It, it held up for six years, right? I feel like if she performed that today, she would still have been able to, you know, hold up against the newer skaters and that that just shows how good she is is that Timeless. if she went back into competition today she would be able to hold up against these you know the new girls. and that's just so amazing and i just love you now i'm sorry okay continue <laughs> okay. no i think we're good <laughs> so i'm gonna talk about um another olympic ladies free skate which is quite bittersweet it was malasada's rachmaninoff um piano concerto number two which she skated in Sochi, and oh, where do I begin with this? So just feels that, like to know, like to turn on like your TV on the day of the free skate and see Malasada sitting in 16th place mm -hmm. after the short mm -hmm. program in, in no world that I lived in did I imagine anything like that would ever happen. And we knew right. that she'd been struggling with the triple axle all season. Like we knew yep. it was inconsistent, but just mm -hmm. to see her so devastated after that right. short program yeah it's 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 like had she it's sort of one of those moments where just like you could have had it all you know right she uh, not adele she could have really <laughs> just so she could have you know been on the podium but just you know after the short program you see you know as kite said you see that she was in 16th place and it's like what universe am I living in? This is, right. this is fate. This isn't wrong. This so isn't similar, right, sorry. So similar to, like, you know, seeing Nathan like that as yeah. well. Mm, except, definitely. you know, with Mao, she she knew that this was most likely going to be her last Olympics. I mean, Nathan, I don't want to, like, project so far ahead since, you know, it's four years from now. Well, but he's Nathan planning is so on going young. to He's very young. Yeah, he's planning to go for it. But, you know, Mao at the time, she was 24? She was 23. She was 23. 23. She's okay, my yeah. age. So yeah, she's yeah. And being 27, you know, being 27 and a lady single skater is obviously still doable. Like, Carolina exists. Shout out to Carol. Yeah. I love her. We love her. But, you know, 
you don't know at that point, like your chances slim down so much. And you know, she knew that this was her best chance to get the Olympic gold and to, you know, see her redemption. Yeah. And she really had, yeah, she had nothing to lose. Um, at this point, like she mm -hmm. still, she stuck with her plan layout, even though it hadn't really worked out for her at all in the previous mm -hmm. season ever. And I mean, she, she hit every jump. We, we know that for a fact, but it's really like the final step sequence. I think that, that just at best I will Iconic. say this like I will say best lady step sequence ever and all I agree. she I agree. she's been so she's just incredibly musical and we knew yep. that already but just to yep. see musicality is off it's just off the charts you see her skating mm -hmm. and it just you get she feels the music and then she makes you you know you, you feel whatever she's feeling just because of the way she's skating. It's hard to explain, but just watching her skate now, mm -hmm. skate, it was like knowing what, she, you know, what she's been through with like the short program and how there really was no way, you know, for her and to And even just her entire in. life, her entire career, how she had to work oh, up definitely. her jumps from the start. How she's kind of always been lowballed on PTS throughout her career, in my opinion. Even her personal struggles and... Just seeing it all come together in that moment it, for her to truly just let out her emotions was incredibly moving. It makes me cry almost every time I watch it. It's just, it's beautiful. It's it's wonderful. It's Mao. I love her. her face at the end, it's like... Her face at the end is just, oh my it's, goodness. I that's, the, I, that's an Olympic moment. Like when you, yep, when you have moment. an Olympic moment, that's what I picture. So the program that I chose was for Yulia Lipnitskaya. And it was her short program for uh, Ross Telecom with Les Fouets Mortes. I'm butchering <laughs> that. Wait, you're can good, I you're redo good. that? You're right, good, okay. you're good. Okay, I'm sorry if I butchered that to all the French speakers out there. But I just, uh, you, you know, she's... Uh, uh, my biggest problem with most of the... With most Russian lady skaters is that I, I don't feel anything when I watch them skate, right? That doesn't seem that doesn't seem important. It's just like you know, we just watch for the technicality and stuff, right? But you know, those people aren't really the ones that are remembered later on in the years for their technicality. People watch figure skating is also a very artistic sport. So Yulia, she just some just all right. First of all, let's get you know the technical stuff out of the way. Her jumps were perfect. Her spins, amazing. The, her flexibility. And just oh, through the roof, man. Her, her flexibility, it, the way that hyperextended. It frightens oh, me just a little extension. bit, but in a good way. Her extension is just. She has one of the best extensions out there. Don't fight yeah. me because she's so flexible and she uses it right. She uses it, it, you know, to help her with her skating and and just coming off of how, you know, everything else going on in her life and how after the Olympics. Sort of like her, like you know, her skating career sort of took a bit of a nosedive because yeah. of you know health reasons, and you know with you know her you know her coach and everything, and just to see her come out and just skate, how you know people remembered her skating, you know her, her you know just everything about I say you know a lot, I'm sorry, just everything about her program just is my it's so graceful. And it's so seamless, and just she's floating on the ice, and just watching her, it just brings joy to me because she has so her musicality is phenomenal, and she's yeah. just incredible. Yeah, I I always did feel even when she was 15 years old, like 
um, that Yulia did have a lot of innate musicality. She had beautiful arm movements. Her spins were really gorgeous. Was definitely, you know, a lot more unpolished by the time she reached um, Rust Telecom, but you could still see that musicality come out. Yeah, I feel like her skating skills had just improved immensely, even from the Olympics two years before. She improved quite a bit in just those two years. It was really beautiful to see. Also, the variations in her spins are always a joy to watch because it's like... She has the most wonderful positions. She so really good. does. Yeah. She really does. Her spins are incredible. Yeah. Okay, so for the men, I chose Daisuke Takahashi's um, Swan Lake, aka Cyber Swan. Woo, yes. Yes. Basically, I could have, yeah, I could have chosen literally anything Dai ever did because he's just the best. But I went with Cyber Swan just because if there is one program that I love to show people who aren't really into skating, this is the one. It's so entertaining, it's so unique. The step sequence is obviously just, it's iconic. And there are two of them. There's two different footwork sequences and they're both just, he's a rock star. He's just completely owns it. It's so innovative. There's never been like anything like it before. There hasn't been anything like it since. Nobody could do that but him. He's the king. I love him. That's something I love about his program is because it's like he ha he added a variation, a hip hop ish variation to a classic, and he made it work. It wasn't yeah. cringy because you see some programs where they try to you know mash in different types of music and it just doesn't work. And you know his costume and just obviously <laughs> yeah, his footwork. That, that was a lot. It was a lot of costume. Listen, the hair, the hair was amazing. But it worked. He, it worked so well. Yeah. You don't see a lot of hip hop in uh, in figure skating, let alone hip hop very yeah a yeah lot hip hop, -hop warhorse like yeah oh, amazing hip hop war like he literally remixed it with Beyonce like God bless him and he looks like a Johnny's idol yeah just everything you can want so entertaining so genuinely good his jumps are at his best at that point in my opinion and just his charisma his charisma throughout the whole performance it's because. I feel like had anyone else done that performance, it would have been so strange because he had that smug look in his face. He's just like, you know what? I know what I'm doing right now. And I know that I'm amazing you. And that just makes you enjoy the performance even more. Cause it's just like, you know what? This dude is doing that and no one else can do that. One of my favorite things about it is just the crowd. It's just, they're just losing their minds. Like they're at a concert or something. And it's so cool. He just get, brings that reaction out of you. He was so special. It's so amazing because, you know what, honestly, if I was in that crowd, I would have lost it as well. Wouldn't we I all? Cried. He deserves it. He deserves every single thing. I also, yeah, he's the king of musicality. Um, whenever I, whenever someone asks for a definition of musicality in figure skating, I find it hard to say. So I'll just say, just watch a die program and you'll understand. He, he feels it. He feels it in every movement. So God bless him. I love him. Next one. Um, so my men's program, I just had to include um, Alexia Gudin's Winter from the 2002 Olympics. Yes, I know that it's really, really famous. <laughs> it's famous for a reason. Yeah, it's, it's famous, famous for a reason. For a reason. <laughs> like, there's a reason that, you know, yeah. 16 years later, we still talk about it. I mean, it has such iconic footwork. Like, he was such a footwork master. I mean, Back in the 6.0 system, there was a lot 
more flexibility with footwork. Um, it gave the skaters a lot more artistic liberty with the step sequences, even though it didn't necessarily mean that skaters took advantage of that. No, that should be always be mentioned. There's a lot of garbage. He did. Um, and like, I just love step sequences that make use of like edges and toe picks, which is why oh, I love topic. like, yes. Uh, so clean. So clean. Just when he went, as soon as he goes into that step sequence, just everyone just goes wild because they know they're seeing something. It was lit. I mean, I already have mad respect. It was lit. <laughs> the only way to describe it was lit. <laughs> I have mad respect to anyone who skates to Europop. Like, you know, I just love, I also love that he just bends down and throws snow in the air. Like, oh my God, it's so, so dramatic. It's amazing. It's just like throwing snow everywhere. And just like, what is going on? Yeah, but and it's, it's, this is happening at the Olympics, okay. Yeah. I mean, but now, obviously, with the IJS, like, everyone is concerned with getting, like, level fours on their step their sequences. Yeah, yeah, like, you need to have, like, 11 different difficult turns and steps, which means, like, there's less toe-picking under the system because, you know, you, you have to get those turns in. Um, Again, and that's so disappointing. Difficult steps, yeah. So, like, winter step sequence is probably not going to score super, super high under IJS, which is unfortunate because we're sacrificing the aesthetic the point. Not even just the aesthetic, because like, you know, it's not exactly an easy step sequence. No, it's really It's not an easy though. step it's sequence. It's like literally half of it is on his, his toes. Exactly. His use of toe his use of his toe picks is just he is he really it's just you see him and it's just like he's it, it, his feet are just wild. You look at his feet and you're just like what is going on? What is going on? It's just his toe picks just back and forth. And like if you don't have good control of your toe picks, you're going to go flying. You're like, going to yeah. go flying. You're going to fall flat on your face. But you know what? He didn't because it's the game. So my pick for men's program was actually Jeff Buttles um Adios Nonino from 2008 Worlds. It was his short program and it's not as well known as either Cyber Swan or Winter. Um, but personally, I found it iconic, A, because of just the music cut he used, that Audio Snonino is a tango music. It's, um, I would consider it a warhorse, personally. It is used quite frequently in It's stadium. warhorse adjacent. Yeah. Um, but he actually kind of strays a little bit from the traditional path of how this music sounds and uses an all-piano version, which makes it, um, a lot more romantic. And so the way he interprets it is is quite different. He doesn't really interpret it as a tango so much as kind of like a ballet. And his movements across the ice are very balletic. And you can see, especially in the step sequence, um, the influence that his skating has on the choreography that he does now. And Definitely, I, he passes it down. And I, I personally feel like Jeff is kind of overlooked. Oh, he's definitely, he's definitely overlooked. Like people appreciate him mm -hmm. for his choreography, but when his skating, I feel like he has some he of the best beautiful postures. footwork. Beautiful footwork and also his posture, his posture. A lot of people don't look at the posture of skaters and some skaters have, it's not awful posture, obviously, but you see Jeff while he skates, the way when you watch him skate, it's just so, his posture is fantastic. He was quite close to the, the total package, I think. Like his his jumps were strong, his spins were good, he interpretation incredible, and it's yeah it's really a shame that he's not I guess appreciated more as a skater, um, especially like in Canada because right after um, Jeff like Patrick Chan came along, and I think he tends to kind of get overlooked, and I think this program is really a testament to the fact that he was a great skater, as well as a world famous choreographer now. So. <laughs> 
Um, the program that I chose for men's, it's, you know, it's very important to me. It's very near and dear to my heart, and I feel like it, it, it encapsulates men's figure skating. The program I chose is Plushenko's Sex Bomb. <laughs> wow, I can't believe I have to leave now. It's, it's real, guys. Wow. It's good true no, no, no. Beauty. It's joking. I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm, I would never, I would never. That program is abysmal and art. The program I chose is Guys and Dolls by Javier Fernandez. And just, um, this is one of my favorite programs by him because it just, first of all, it just, when ha when Javi when he skated this one he wasn't able to get his boot on his skate on beforehand he it, and then he just goes on and performs this fantastic you know program and everyone was just going wild about it because the crowd first of all the crowd like they stood up before he even finished and it made sense why because one all his jumps were absolutely perfect pitch perfect his landings, the air position, every single thing was amazing. His choreography, it was playful, it was charismatic, and he it just his skating has this charm which is hard to see because you know people talk about, you know, feminine, uh, you know, skaters that are more feminine and skaters that are more masculine. I feel like Javi is one of those skaters who has like a perfect mixture of both because he's not clunky like some skaters are. He has that grace that people see with more feminine, you know, male skaters. And just, this is one of those programs where the lyrics and the lyrics actually help with the, with the whole entire program. And just, this, he has this, you know, this suaveness to him, this, his charisma. And um, just, you know, he's a very, music, you know, his musicality is, you know, it's great, and I feel like people sort of brush that off for him. But even though he's, you know, he's fantastic with that, um, his his choreo was, you know, his choreo was fantastic. And I just overall, you just see this. It's just such. It's just such an enjoyable program to watch. And then you see him, and people are just, you know, he what he wasn't always the favorite to win. You know, he's. Mm -hmm. He's no. never, he's never the favorite. He wasn't the Except favorite the to win. He's the Euro god. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. listen, For, that's forever. Euros. Euros, he's the king of Euros. Forever so. Euro champion. He is my Euro champion forever and ever. But, um, it just, he was not the favorite to win. And, you know, there's reason behind it. But he just came out and he skated like it was an exhibition. He was just, it, it was so, it was like so nonchalant. It, it, again, it's, it felt like he just came on and he was just, you know, being playful and, you know, flirting with the crowd and just, and every, the crowd was obviously loving it. And the judges were obviously loving it. And you see the score he gets and you're like, you know, he deserves it. He was, it was just such a fantastic program. Yeah. One of the best performers ever that I've ever seen. He's, he just brings it every time. He has so much charisma, so much charm, just super likable. Everything that's good. On to the pairs. All right, Lo, you want to start us off? All right, so the pair that I'm going to talk about, and I'm really sorry to anyone who might be Russian because I know that I'm going to butcher this name, but I'll be talking about Sikharu Lutze and Berezhnaya's short program in 2002 for, that was Lady Khalif. And for me, this pair is mostly known now for being at the at the center of the Salt Lake City judging scandal, which is a really big shame because they are so beautiful together. 
They're the most in sync, in unison pairs team I think I've ever seen in my life. And they have such gorgeous chemistry. Like, they look like they're just falling in love out on the ice. Would people say that about Virtue and Moyer all the time? That's how I feel about these two. Um, so gorgeous. And the jumps are super good for, you know, the era. The death spirals are, I prefer the death spirals of the 6.0 era. I think they're more aesthetically pleasing and these ones are very much the case as well. And my biggest skating hot take ever probably is that I don't necessarily care that much about the Salt Lake City scandal because <laughs> oh, I, I mean, God. I do skate. Whoa, bringing the heat. Hot, controversy. hot take. Wow. Hot take. I, I do care about the- Lowe's about, about to the, get blocked. Yeah, Catch I'm about to get block. blocked by all of Canada, but sorry, these guys deserved to win the first time. They did. Like, no offense to the Canadian period, they just weren't as good. Even with the judging nonsense. I'm sort of um, disappointed that, like, when you showed us this, that was the first time I saw it. And I'm like, I, you know, I've been watching figure skating for four years. Why have I not ventured back more and seen this? Because whenever I heard about them, it was just always something negative. Yeah. And then I see them, um, you know, performing, and it's just like their spins. They're are beautiful. Perfect. They're, they're yeah. wonderful. They're so insane. Definitely deserve to win the short program. Yeah, they definitely uh, deserve. It was also above shout out to the costume. That co those costumes, like the color so gorgeous. that they chose. Oh, it's like the news. Their programs in general were just a lot more intricate, I think, than the Canadians, Soleil and Peltier. Um, and I, I just really, really love that it was just so intricate and musical, um, and yet they still had so much chemistry, um, and their tech, their the technical elements were also really, really strong as well. And it's a shame that they get looked over a lot. My favorite pair of all time. Everyone who you know knows me knows that they're my favorite pair of all time. It's Shen and Zhao. They're 2003 World Champions, uh, World Championship Free Skate to Turandot. It's like, you know, it's iconic. It's the OG Turandot, I think. Um, the best. Should have yeah. been retired after this, honestly. Yeah, honestly? Except like, <laughs> for Suzuka. Suzuka could, could skate through it too. True, true. But like, Shen and Zhao deserve a royalty every time it's skated too. Like, you no, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta credit them. Yeah, no, Shen and Zhao are probably like the most iconic pair of the 2000s. They were dominant for so long. I mean, it was basic. This was the program that introduced me to pairs, like when I was eight years old, seven years old. Like I didn't know pairs was a discipline <laughs> until I saw Shen and Zhao. And like, they have such incredible chemistry. I mean, they did eventually get, end up getting married, but like this was even before they even started dating. So, um, but they were the most, I feel like they were one of the most complete pairs of the 2000s. Um, they had amazing throws, amazing musicality. Honestly, anyone who says that East Asian skaters are not expressive, like go watch that program and come back to me. Honestly, um, the quality wasn't even, the quality was not good. And I could still see that they were very expressive. It was like filmed on a potato and it's- It's so unfortunate because this was the same program that they used uh, like the previous year in 2002. And like, there's a, there's a high quality version of that video on That's YouTube. That's infuriating. Yeah. Um, but like the program itself, like I really enjoyed that they use a unique music cut actually. They include the kind of Chinese influenced music in the middle of that um, 
in the middle of that track that people very rarely include. It allowed for a, lot, a little bit more creativity with the choreography. Um, the lifts, so gorgeous. Again, I, I think that 6.0 lifts were a lot more aesthetically pleasing. I'm not really a huge fan of like the whole grabbing blades thing. I like the open look, you know, with the legs out. Agreed. Um, you know, whatever. I'm not going to get too salty about that. And then the Ness and Dorma part, oh my god, gets me so... Oh, oh, like, it gets that, just the music gets me emotional. Honestly, yeah. you... As soon as the Nessun Dorma part hits, I feel like I get chills and I get emotional. And the crowd this reaction, is so beautiful. You can like, um, they start like applauding and they get like a standing ovation like 30 seconds before they even end. And you can hear them like once they finish the program, you can hear the the crowd chanting six, 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 six in the background. And like this is in DC, so it's not even a home. It wasn't even like a hometown crowd, you know. Um, and like this skate, this piece is like so legendary that Sway and Han, like they used it for their Olympic skate, obviously. And they even had to ask permission to skate to it. And like, and Zhao Hongbo said, yeah, okay, you can skate to it, but you have to skate to it better than we did. <laughs> so, and so that's why I didn't, I really didn't mind that Sway and Han were using it. I knew that this piece was so integral to the Chinese pair's legacy and like Wenjing said that she was inspired to skate by watching them skate turn dot in the 2002 Olympics so I mean that just shows the magnitude and like before we even move on I just want to quickly go on like a, a pair spiel just because they make me super emotional for like so many reasons but their coach, um, Yao Bin, they were was the first ever Chinese pair skater, and he learned to skate through photographs because you know China was censoring Western images and all that, so they really couldn't get a lot of material to learn. And like he was bad, he was pretty bad. He went to Worlds three times in the '80s and placed dead last each time. It was really, really sad. Um, there were like stories about how they were like laughed off the ice, and they were actually like really, really funny. Um, but after he retired, he was like, nope, screw that. I'm going to turn China into a pair's powerhouse. And then 20 years later, they became, Shen and Zhao became the first Chinese pair to ever win an Olympic medal in pairs and the first to win a world title. So, you know, even though, yes. even though the 2003 worlds where they won their second world title, um, is like the most, uh, famous iteration. Um, it's, it feels like the culmination of all their hard work because they kind of messed up in 2002 a little bit. And I just really love the image of Yao Bin crying when they finish. It just, it just really gets me. I just, and, when you see, you know, a grown man like that just cry oh, after seeing a performance, you're I'm, just like, you I'm, know what, yeah. this is beautiful. This is amazing. After what you see that performance, and it's just, you, you know, you're blown away by, first of all, the chemistry between those two. It's just like, you know, I'm not surprised that they got married. But the use of music, their musicality, their, you know, the jumps, the spins, everything is just so, it, just the whole package was so just robust and you're like, you know what, this is mm -hmm. what Paris skating should be like. Yep. And that's saying something. I have to say that this program also gave me my all-time favorite commentating moment when the British esports guys saw that one of the judges ranked them second in ordinals, he threatened to spank them. <laughs> they should be carried so, off in spanked. They should be carried yeah. off in spanked. They should be carried off so in spanked. Good. Got so good. So good. You know what? Exactly. Not wrong, though. He's right. Completely right. right. Amazing. So yeah, that's my favorite commentary moment ever. We'll probably never be topped because it's just the most accurate. Okay, so I am actually going to talk about another Chinese pair. Pang Chang, and I'm going to talk about their um, 2010 Olympic free skate to Man of La Mancha. 
another and tearjerker. This is actually another one of Yao Bin's pairs. So if we want to talk been about outsold. yeah, if we want to talk about how two of his pairs made it onto the Olympic podium in 2010, um, we can wild about that. But I mean, overall, it's just an extremely well constructed program. I thought it really yeah. hit all of the emotional like heights of that music. Absolutely deserved to win the free skate that night. Honestly, Vancouver 2010 was just so good to us. Like. Wow. Certain events were good I, to I us. I wasn't there for it, unfortunately, but I look back, you know, I look back at that it. That was actually the first time I ever watched skating was during Vancouver mm -hmm. 2010. That I can remember. So. This was, 2010 was the first time I ever, like, actively rooted for someone. So, like, yeah. Like, I was so, so hoping that uh, Shannon Zhao would win and Peng and Tong would um, be on the podium. And they ended up being one and two, which is like, 30 years after Yao Bin like failed miserably at Worlds, he ended up he coaching outsold. the one. He, yeah, he, he ended up coaching the gold and silver medalists, and the Russians didn't even make the podium. He literally ended, I think, 12 straight Olympics of Russian Soviet pair dominance. The costume with the music, I feel like they just it added to the whole entire performance, and it, I feel like a lot of a lot of time people sort of. Did the, like costume is just an aesthetic thing, right? But it's it's sometimes it's really not. But that's for a different. That's for like a separate, you know, for a separate podcast where I will cry about costumes. <laughs> Peng and Tong outsold, Shen and Zhao outsold, so did Yao Bin. So, yep. Just Chinese spirits outsold. Yep. And they have amazing chemistry. Also got married, by the way. So. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Okay. Speaking of Chinese pairs. Um, 75% Chinese pairs outsold Honestly, alright So I chose Blues for Clue uh, Right? Clue, right? Yeah. right? Blues for Clue yeah. Blues, Blues for, for Clue for, And it's Sway and Han And this program Is just So sensual And for, well first of all Technical you know, aspects out of the way They're jumps were fantastic they were so in sync and you know it just i feel like the performance was made because these two have such an amazing chemistry first of all the music piece that they chose is very it again it's very sensual and when they were when they skated it just uh, i just i could keep watching that forever because it was so perfectly done every single every single musical cue every single you know just every spin every just i i don't know i can't talk about this because i always get so emo because i'm just like god oh, this is just amazing all right but please do add on because i'm just going off on a strange <laughs> i will say that they were inspired by my king daisuke takahashi they were inspired by yes. his 2012 free skate which is amazing and so props yep. to them for having and you know pissed. what they 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 brought in they they did you know they did it justice they did, they did they it justice, justice. they mm -hmm. definitely did swain han are huge die stands so exactly. intellectuals as they should be wenjing said that she wanted to skate to cyber swan so you know we know that she has please make this happen universe yes. make it happen we deserve this but like yeah just swain han in general like they impressed me so much. Like, I just love their aesthetic, you know? Like, everyone talks about how Han Song is, like, you know, a little bit on the smaller side for, like, a pairs dude. 
but they just look so aesthetically pleasing together, you know? They're they both really so power packed, though. Yeah. Like they say, like, you know, he's on the smaller side. That doesn't matter. Yeah. Because they're doing the same jumps, they're doing everything, you know? And like he has so much charisma as well. He's he a really does. Good they're both they're both very charismatic yeah. in their own way. Because, they're the most equal pair. Maybe let, I've seen in a very long time. Let's be honest. The person that steals the show is Sway. Because yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just can't not look at her. But you literally you can't take her eyes off her. Yeah. Like you can't take your eyes off her. She's such a star. And but again, Han, he he's sort of like I guess you could say the rock in their pair because had you know. Had she been with anyone else, I feel like it would like no one would have been. He he makes her shine, you know, Agreed. and that's what pairs are supposed to do. Agreed. And I just I just love that. Okay, for dance, I'm going to be talking about Shailen Bourne and Victor Kratz, 2003, and for their Adagio program because it's truly innovative and a breakout performance for North American ice dance, which had never really been on the scene before these two came came along and also they had the best hydro blade you'll ever see sorry i'm cutting this a little bit short because i don't know as much about ice dance as i do about the other disciplines but this goes off shaylin Bourne is a goddess i love oh, her yeah. we can She's all agree queen. we agree this goes off it still holds up i think that they they skated in a very modern way like they didn't fit 6.0 as well as they would have fit ijs in my opinion and i think that their scores reflected that for the most part at least in the earlier part of the career they finally got their due here and it was awesome yeah um i just like really enjoyed the version of adagio that they use because i'm more used to the orchestral classic version because shannon Zhao also skated to it this one sounds a little bit more like i don't know how to explain it almost kind of rocky i don't know it sounds like a video game boss battle music like (laughs) i don't see a problem with that yeah no it's amazing i love it it's innovative my favorite ice dance program would probably be Virtue and Moyer's Mahler Symphony Number no. 5 from Vancouver. Um, oh my god. What to even say about it? I mean, first of all, Tessa looks so stunning in white. She literally looks like an angel. She's like, I know a lot of people don't like, yeah, a lot of people don't like white costumes, but it fit this program so much. She looks like an angel, like floating on the ice. They float across the ice with so much speed. They have like the most difficult creative lifts. Like that first combo lift, I think it's like a curve lift into like a rotational lift where he like flips her upside down. Oh, it's iconic. I'm pretty sure it got like a perfect plus three GOE across the judges. Um, I mean, it deserved it. And it looks so effortless. And which is like so hard to do with such a light and ethereal piece. Um, Like, you know, to have such an acrobatic lift to look so effortless and easy. I mean, they always did say like, you know, some of the hardest things to do is to make something effortless look easy. Something um, difficult look effortless. Difficult look effortless. Yes, exactly. Um, And it also features their famous Canadian goose lift. And, you know, (laughs) first North American ice dance team to win gold um, on home ice. Youngest Olympic um, ice dance um, champions in history. There's nothing more to say, you know? It's such an iconic Olympic moment. They're also, I love, something I love about them both is that they're so expressive. Like yep. you just mm-hmm. you could you could you could honestly just look at their faces throughout the whole program and you would be just as entertained because their facial expressions are phenomenal. But of course you wouldn't just look at their you know their faces because you know physically they're just such dominating personas in ice sense. 
and you know rightfully so it's one of the most memorable olympic performances ever for me it just i'll never forget how i felt when i walked it was just like like you were falling in love it was just so beautiful and lovely and everything that's good about those two is a pair it's there it's my still my favorite thing they've ever done so my favorite dance program is actually davis and white's scheherazade from the sochi olympics amazing Amazing. they i mean they were dominant for two seasons undefeated prior Mm -hmm. to the olympics Mm -hmm. um and just, I mean, from the very beginning, that opening curve lift, I think they said that they actually trained that for about two years before yep. they ever put in a program because it was that, that difficult. That so crazy. It's, yeah. he grabs her by, like, the wrists and, like, just lifts Hold her. Like, yeah. <laughs> onto his back. And they make it look, I mean, effortless, like, yeah. like you were saying. And it's, I mean. Again, it's like she just flew into his, you know. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, the choreography they, in the beginning is also so gorgeous. Yeah. The like, changes in music are mm-hmm. really good, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. Meryl looks like a Greek goddess. She does. Yeah, she looks like she Megara looks like from she does. she does, yeah. Megara from Hercules. Charlie's also such a good performer. I feel like he gets overlooked a little bit. Like, I he's agree. a very, very good performer. He's fantastic, and I feel like people sort of... I, I get why, because Meryl is just... She is sort of like again. It's like with Sway. It's people. He like shows her off very, very well. Yeah, he does show her off very. He well. He knows exactly how to. You know, frame exudes her. a lot of charisma himself. Yeah. yeah, but it's like they were the first American dance team ever to win an Olympic gold medal. They left a real impact. I miss them. Yeah, it's like a it's lot. an Olympic program. Like when you think of an Olympic program, that's kind of what you think of. Is like it's it's fitting that it happened with Shahrazad. That they won Meryl the Olympic and gold Charlie, medal. please come back. We need you. I mean, they haven't officially body. retired. It could happen. True. If you're oh, listening, that, can, can they please come back? Honestly, I would cry. All right. So my pick for dance is Maya and Alex Shibutani for Fix You, and I just, this program. All right. So with with dance, people generally always say, "Oh, but they're siblings. They can't have that." You know, sort of. They can't have that chemistry, right? They don't need that chemistry because they have a different type of chemistry, and that's what makes them so amazing. It's not sexual chemistry. Not sexual chemistry. It doesn't need to be. And it's beautiful it in its own exactly. way. It does not need to be. It does not need to be sexual chemistry. And when you just, first of all, the song in and of itself, you know, Coldplay, it's a very emotional song. And what I love the most about this performance, about this program, is that. They hit the musical cues so well. The yeah. twizzles into the, you know, into the guitars, yeah, into, into the guitar. So good. Not only does it give me, ch- it gives me chills every single time. I tear up every single yeah. time I see this performance. Not even because just the twizzles, even like the lifts. Oh, like, the lifts, they, the rotational lift at the end. It was, it was fantastic because I'm pre- like just. They're really good at using the music to yes, to bring yes. the audience. Into their, their musicality as well. So their musicality is so amazing, and they're both so uh, such expressive skaters. Yeah. And then just—it's just such a shame that because they're siblings, people just think that they're not expressive. But it's really just that they're not exuding sexual chemistry, so that so a lot of viewers, I guess, traditional viewers are not as, or I guess, judges are not as in tune with the that. thing is. The thing is, that's where that's where I'm a little bit irked because you know they may not show that like you know that romantic chemistry, but they still bring so much creativity to their programs. It's a really interesting and unique vibe that no one else brings. I I can name so many of their programs where they like they don't have 
obviously don't have the romantic chemistry, but they still have such, they, they use, they sort of have to be creative because they have, you know, they're at a disadvantage because people are just like, you know what, your siblings, you're not going to be able to do the whole ice dance thing unless you are, you know, literally making out on the ice because that's just what people expect of ice dance, which is very unfortunate because they deserve better scores for the performances that they, for the programs that they produce. And Fix You is by far one of my favorites of all time because of how expressive they are because of the lifts, because of the twizzles, their twizzles are just, uh, the Bring best. Queen twizzles. Their yeah. twizzles are, they're so in sync. You know what, maybe, you know what, maybe because they're siblings, that's why they're so in sync. Ha, huh, take that, ISU. <laughs> so, for our grand finale, we have collectively decided on one program that we believe to be the most iconic of the 2000s, and that is... I mean, same A. Same A. It's same A. It's same A. I mean, oh, what to say? Where to start? Can we just, just okay? We will start on like the opening note of when the music, when the program starts. That look, that's that his look breath on his face. No, no, like, that's I his have breath that... on the recording. Yeah. Even before the music start, he deliberately put in his own breath, and because that it just... calms him down. It calms him down, and it sort of helps him focus, and that's just such, he's, like, again, he's so that? calculated, he's so calculated, he knows what's gonna help him, and the fact that he, um, he edited the whole, the music himself. The amount, it's just the amount of detail that he put into the construction, every single part of it, the choreography, the music edits, the costuming, you know, all of these things that he, pers it was his passion project, he personally put in so much of his... Um, into, of his soul into this program. Like, you could really, really feel it, yeah. He met the actor from the movie. Yeah. Shailen Bourne watched the movie for him so she could get an idea of what he wanted to portray yeah. on the ice. And it's just so representative of the Japanese culture, which he really, really wanted to, you know, portray. Japanese music is not that often used, or at all. No, really never used, used almost. In figure skating. And it's so representative of his culture, which is so minimalist, I think. You know, doing the most with the least. Uh -huh. And that's such that's such a bold move to sort of you know stray away from Western. Yeah, music, he knew which it was a risk, it, and it was a huge risk because if he strayed away from like for example, there is an entire segment which is just drums, right? There is just, just drum. a masterpiece. Drum it's a masterpiece. Step sequence and using and suspense. That could be so. That could. That's such a difficult thing to do to not have a musical to back you up. Music, music to back you up, and he he just went with it, and you see. It just, it just, it's so perfect, and uh, it just—you could see how much effort he put into it, the musicality, the you know, just the, again step sequence, the choreography, uh, everything is just phenomenal. And the, yeah, the choreo sequence at the end, like always, mm. iconic. It will... The Hydra Blade for yeah, especially in the Olympic, in the Olympic skate. Oh Breaking my God. character just for a moment, like right after his spin. You could just see the smile like exuding like he you just could knew see he him it. grinning and it's like he knew he did it and it was it was special who cares if it wasn't really in sync it was it, it didn't really matter that's that another moment. thing that's another thing i wanted to add it's um despite the fact that it was not a perfect you know it was not a clean skate right he did he did stumble mm -hmm. you know his jump you know uh two Missed of his jumps combo. were and uh 
Yeah, we it still just, remember it. It's still, st it's it'll the hold most up memorable. the test of time. It's still my favorite performance of that. Mine too. That Lo. program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's same. It's my favorite performance from the. It's it's just such a memorable performance because you see how you know the, the road to the Olympics, and all that he's been through, and the fact that everyone was just like, oh, he's not gonna win it, you know. It he's really not felt be on like the podium. It's... It really felt like a victory, like in every sense of the word. I think Brian Orser said it felt like a victory, not just because he won the gold medal, because he conquered himself. You know, he conquered the injury. He proved himself to everyone who was like, you know, he's not going to be able to do, you know, two OGMs. That's, that's, that's like, not like, no one's done it in 66 so years. And he's doing it with a recycled program. And he, you know, with he was injured gun, like three months ago. You know, he's not going to be on the podium. And then just just to win with that program It was perfect in its imperfections. I feel like that's the best thing. It, it, there's something so fairytale-like about him winning with his passion project, you know? a program that he he put you know it's in his blood that performance it's like every program obviously is designed to get like mm -hmm. the maximum amount of points it can get right but right. this is one of the few i think that felt like it was more than just a means to an end all right the next episode will be hosted by tilda yogita gina and red and they'll be discussing the proposed rule changes that may be approved by the isu congress which again is june 4th through 8th and will be live streamed on the isu skating youtube channel if you want to get in touch with us, then please feel free to contact us via Twitter at InTheLowPodcast or on Tumblr at InTheLowPodcast.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. This has been Kite, Iman, Low, and Kat. See you soon. <laughs>